Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Soul to Social podcast. I'm your host, Yesenia Martinez, and today I'm talking to the wonderful Marlon Opigo. After a brief stint in the world of financial services, Marlon found his calling as a partnerships manager, where he enjoys building a more inclusive future for the next generation of talent. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, hello, Marlon. An absolute pleasure to have you here today. Would love to start off by asking if you can give us a whirlwind tour of your professional journey so far. Yeah, it's been um, quite the journey, actually. So how it all started was I graduated, obviously, from university, studied finance and economics. And then from there, I had the opportunity to work in a stock brokerage firm. So I was um, a junior trader. So I was pretty much within the financial services kind of world. I was there for a couple of years. So literally when I was still at university studying, I started up there. And then I think it was just about a year or two after that, I decided to make a transition into consultancy. So it was still a bit more kind of sales orientated But what I was doing was helping foreign students study abroad. So it was something called a Gizma Business School. Don't know if anyone's heard of it. But yeah, it sounds really cheesy. (laughs) But yeah, I was doing a bit of consultancy for a couple of years. And then most recently, I transitioned again into my role now, which is with the people. So it's a social impact agency. And what we're doing is we're helping organizations, businesses to connect with younger audiences. So the Gen Z and the LGBTQ community. So that's kind of been my career journey so far. A few pivots along the way. But um, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. I like the work that we do. I like obviously working within the team. So um, and we're creating a lot of impact and helping young people, but also businesses to connect with an audience that they're not necessarily familiar with. So yeah, the great, the work's been really good, really impactful. I love that. As you said, a few pivots along the way, I guess, as we grow, as we work, we, we tend to find out where our passion lies, what's going to actually make us feel happy doing the job that we do. Um, you know, you started with the finance economic, is it what you have a degree? within that finance field I did economics on finance university as well not doing nothing to do with economics on finance currently um but I'm still I mean I'm having fun I'm enjoying what I, I love I, you know I love what I, I do um so you lead me to my next question Marlon actually what actually inspired you to you know actually said there's a few pivots what actually inspired you to pursue a yeah. career in diversity and inclusion space to begin with I feel like it's just something I've always been passionate about so to yeah. begin with I kind of see myself as a bit of an activist. I want to advocate for voices that are not necessarily always being heard or they're just underrepresented. I'm always trying to see how I can push this narrative forward and getting more diversity in particular industries and spaces because you don't tend to see people that look like me in senior roles, whether that's within finance where I've worked even in consultancy where I've worked, obviously social impact now is a a bit of a more different space, but the businesses, the type of organizations that we approach and the conversations that we have 
you don't see that representation at board level. So for me, is if I want to see any progress or change within society and just within community, I feel like the people that hold the power, so the corporates, they have the resources, they need to be doing more in this space and trying to engage with those underrepresented communities and voices in order to create change. Because if not, I don't think the progress is going to be going to be there. But yeah, going back to your to your point, I think I've just always had an interest. I've always had this curiosity on how can how can we do more for the for diversity and inclusion, and what does that mean holistically? I'm trying to take that approach moving forward. I love that, and I mean the brands will obviously benefit, right, by expanding that kind of target pool. Anyways, um, getting, like you said, Gen Z onto the board meetings and being able to hear things from their perspective to be able to appeal to that yeah. audience. That's the only way, right? Um, so that makes sense. And that makes perfect sense. So in terms of, because obviously, as you were, SODA, we're community-led recruiters, uh, you know, we're naturally intrigued by your approach to community building. Yeah. How have you managed to build such an, an engaged network? Well, I think it starts off with it starts off with making sure that the young people's their their voices and their opinions is heard, and we make sure that the communication that we have with them is two ways. Mm-hmm. So we always want to make sure that there's feedback. So when we do have a conversation with them, we kind of learn on. Is there anything that we need to improve on where we are engaging with our community? And that's mainly via social media, because that's where you find a lot of young people nowadays. But I would say, yeah, the main thing for us is we want to be able to provide value and make sure that engagement is ongoing with our community. So whether we're posting job opportunities, we're letting them know about networking events. So really it's about trying to advance their careers and let them know about opportunities they might not necessarily have been aware of yeah you know social media is taking the youth by storm especially tiktok right i know i was having a conversation with a leader recently and it's um about their products they work for a company very similar to a different company but this company that they worked for even though the product was a little yeah, they have more USPs, it was a bit better. They weren't as commonly known as the other brand, but it was because the other brand TikTok um, content was constant, right? Um, so there's the, like you said, it's strength, you know, being able to go where these young people are yeah. normally are, where they will be able to catch their attention more so. Yeah. And what measures, Marlon, do you do you have in place to maintain their, you know, and nurture that engagement then? So luckily, we do have a community manager. Um, her name's Maggie. So she does a lot of the work around community engagement, making sure that, yeah, we maintain that relationship. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, kind of um, talking back on what I was saying earlier, but we want to make sure we're always adding value to our network. And that's the best way to keep people engaged. So we do host community events. Because we make sure that um, these events is a nice place for our members to gather, share thoughts, okay. share ideas, share their opinions. And we do this virtually so we're not kind of excluding 
anybody that might be from a different country so outside of the UK, for example, they we have these community events, they're online, so all members of our community can get involved. And what we do as well is we have an online forum, so that enables the community to also speak to each other, engage in conversations, connect, you know, have ideas that people want to propose and really just make sure that we're keeping us, like you said, have that engagement ongoing with our community. So with that very close knit and everybody's happy and freely sharing bits of information to each other. That's mainly what we do around kind of keep making sure that relationships maintain, keeping that engagement going. You mentioned the online forum, um, you know, anyone listening, for instance, if they want to find out about these, these community events, how, where, wh- where are they able to have a look to see the, up- yeah. the upcoming events? So the best thing to do is follow us on our social medias. So okay. we are on Instagram. We are on TikTok. <laughs> we're on Twitter. We're on pretty much every social media platform. But then we all, yeah, so we free, we frequently post updates about events and anything that we're getting up to. So any opportunities that we have for young okay. people, we're always posting that. If you're not able to find us through socials, best thing to do is get us on LinkedIn, follow us, just type the people, you'll see us there and we will keep you updated uh, when things happen. Um, and what, you know, what kind of impact do you think your authenticity, you know, the people's authenticity has played in um, your approach to community building over the years? Yeah, it's a really good question. So for me, I think authenticity is is personal values. So at the people, we're transparent with our values and we want to make sure that we have a community that shares those values with us. So for me, authenticity is the freedom of identity. So people can really want to encourage people to to be themselves whenever they're working either on client projects or whether we're helping them with their own personal projects as well. Freedom of identity. Oh, I would really like that, Marlon. I want to want to close that one. Um, that makes sense. Of course, yeah, you explained it to me. Um, so, from your perspective. Given your experience, what should brands be doing to better prepare their workplace for the new generation? Yeah, um, for me, it's very simple. You need to just make sure you're communicating two ways. You need to be very much open-minded. So you've got to share those values that I was mentioning earlier. So if a company's values doesn't necessarily align with yours, you're not going to see yourself working for that business or even buying from them. Because now a lot of people, they're more aware of what companies are doing. You have the internet now, so you can really check up on what are they doing in the diversity and inclusion space? What are they doing around sustainability? So all these things can actually affect a business's ability to recruit, retain talent, but also it can affect their bottom line because they're not getting any spend from a certain demographic. So for me, it comes down to having those, sharing those values, sharing those core values, having also a more diverse team. So I'm talking from junior to senior levels. Otherwise, 
you're not going to be able to keep these individuals that you might want to attract in terms of a diversity standpoint because we're not just talking about a tick box exercise here you really want to change the culture within your organization if you're going to do those things that i mentioned otherwise i think the diverse communities they will probably leave after two years and that's probably a known fact i don't know how many businesses keep track of their data and what they do but i'm sure there's a picture that's going to be told if you look a little bit deeper into those things so yeah i would say just communicate two ways be open-minded sharing those values and make sure your team is diverse to reflect the communities that you operate for sure for sure you can't no you can't talk the talk but not walk the walk isn't it um yeah. so what you're saying very true like you can say these these are our values and these are what we like to champion and but realistically yeah. internally when you yeah. look within mm. it's not actually showing that um yeah. so yeah i mean i'll, I'll definitely yeah. agree with that point um Marlon, how important do you think is it, is it to explore non-traditional routes into the workplace in today's climate? I think it's really important because we've always been told by parents, otherwise, you know, the traditional way is to go to university, get a job, you're going to find your dream job, and, and that's mm-hmm. the end of it. But to be honest with you, especially in today's climate, that kind of thing isn't really as relevant at the moment. I mean, I would never kind of like knock university because obviously I went to university, but I don't feel it's the best way to go about your career. It depends on what industry as well you're looking to to go into. Some careers would... Yeah, sure. Yeah. So some careers might require a degree, some don't. So I would say just do your research and find out what it is specifically that you're looking to do. And for me, it's all about networking. So if you speak to recruiters and you speak to kind of like business owners and find out what it is that they're looking for, you would know how to best place yourself and make sure that you're getting in front of those people that will be hiring. So that could be hiring managers, you name it. So recruiters, you need to know what they're looking for. And you can be like, oh yeah, I tick this box. Oh, I tick that box. So is there anything that I might need in essence to to help me get to this career? If you don't, if if the answer, but depending on whether that's yes or no, just move accordingly, um, move accordingly to that. But I, I agree that the non-traditional routes are becoming a lot more popular in this day and age. So if you're looking at things like apprenticeships, if you're looking at things like internships, they've been a great way for people to actually get into certain careers. Graduate programs are still quite popular as well. But yeah, I think the non-traditional routes are becoming even more important, especially those from diverse backgrounds, and they might not necessarily want to go to university. So what is the option after that? You need to be exploring other things. So some of the things that I've mentioned already, but for me, it's kind of the way that private schools, they talk to people in industry and then they get referrals into certain roles. I feel like we probably need to kind of go back to a bit of that model. So that networking element that I was talking about, 
it plays a real plays a real role and importance if you want to advance your career sometimes it's about what you know but more time is really about um who you know and so networking is super important i've been saying chat gpt for instance sometimes i've had this conversation recently um, with a friend of mine she's a creative and she's like there's so much out there i just can't pinpoint it so she's been using chat gpt to kind of ident- help her identify everything that's out there and then yeah. she's going to reverse engineering to be like okay so this is what it is this sounds more aligned to what i'm looking for and now she's going to be doing the networking in order to be able to get there so what you said is you know it's true you know we've got all these ai bots that could basically do the job for us right we don't need to be spending hours and hours on people anymore um which is super super cool awesome you, you mentioned that what those routes may look like um can do you think you know going internship apprenticeship these non-traditional routes do you think this can help us close the skill gaps um in industries like tech for example this is really interesting because um i feel with the skills gap the best way that we can actually overcome it and make sure that we're we're going to continue to close that gap it's actually through diverse hiring and making sure that the talent pool is as diverse as possible because Mm -hmm. if you're looking at the same places in terms of a recruitment standpoint so either you're looking at people from top russell group universities or you're looking at people simply through referrals you're not getting that influx of talent or keeping that pipeline diverse because you're looking at the same places so it's all about broadening that scope and the horizons to make sure that you're able to appeal to different types of people that you know will have the skill set, but it's just that whether they've been given the opportunity due to your recruitment processing, not being as aligned or as inclusive as it could be, you're missing out on potential talent, untapped talent yeah. that is actually there waiting to do the job. So we always talk about the skills gap, but what about the recruitment processes that firms have? It's not as inclusive as you think. Yeah, so right. we need to address that as well when we're looking at the skills gap. For sure. And conscious bias is a real thing. And um, I don't think a lot of people understand that we all, we all have that unconscious bias. So that means we do need a little bit of a mindset shift. Uh, you know, we, we need to have that training sometimes from external partners um, like yourselves, for instance, that would be able to bring that sort of yeah. insight. Like, you know what, this is what you need or this is what could help, you know, fresher set of eyes. So to kind of round it all up, Marlon, I always love to have a forward thinking approach to yeah. things. What would your best piece of advice be to someone who was hoping to join a community but didn't know where to start? I think it's just simple. Just ask, mm-hmm. research. Yeah. Send LinkedIn, Instagram messages. We're always available. We're open to 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 speak with young people and really find out what their challenges are and see how we can create more opportunities. So yeah. always send emails until someone replies and answer <laughs> and answer your questions. Basically, anything any question you have, pose it to people. Just keep asking, keep asking until you get your until you get a reply and you know exactly, okay. My question has been answered and that's it. So, um, yeah, that's what my advice would be quite a sick. And obviously platforms like Meetup, 
right? Yeah. Aboriginal on that. There's so many little communities um, that you didn't even think, oh my goodness, the community for this. I just and have a look, and there's so many local communities that do weekly meetups, whether it's monthly meetups or something, and Definitely, you know, yeah. that person, like you said, you never know. You meet that person, and that that person may know someone that could potentially refer you to your dream job, dream opportunity. You never know. So yeah, very true. Have you got any advice for your future self, Marlon? Yeah, this is probably one of the those questions I had to think over quite a bit but I wouldn't say there's any particular advice I'd give to my future so just continue believing in the work that you're doing and make sure that along the way that you're enjoying the process because everything is always you know we we had we had that term you know right everything's a sort of a journey so we got to got to embrace it as we're going through the moments of okay we're trying to create this real big impact and change in society but we know it's not going to be easy so what are the things that we need to do to make sure that we're going to make this process as seamless and enjoyable as possible so I'm always thinking to myself how can I make this process a lot easier simpler and obviously more enjoyable so any advice I'll probably give my future self is to just continue enjoying the moment, just enjoy the moment and just keep moving forward towards really the change and the impact that we want to create in society. So um, I think, yeah, I think that would be it really. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. That's it. I love it. Ah, absolutely amazing, Marlon, speaking to you today. Love Likewise. it. Always a pleasure to speak to people like yourselves that are giving back to the community, doing something for the community. I'm really standing on it. Um, so amazing. Lovely to have you on here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I have. For more insights, visit us, trustinsolder.com. Until next time, 